August 23, 2019, San Francisco. The Sales Development Conference, the third annual conference focused and dedicated 100% to sales development. Join over 500 of the most influential sales development leaders in our industry for a full day of learning, networking, and growing your skills. This year, we're offering three learning tracks focused on sales development leadership, rep training, and our newest track dedicated to sales and marketing operations. Grab your tickets today before it sells out over at 10bound.com conference. That's 10bound.com conference. See you August 23rd. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Sales Development Podcast. David Delaney here, your host, with uh, my good friend, Mr. Blake Johnston, the owner, CEO, and master of his domain over in uh, at Outbound View in Nashville. How are you doing today, sir? <laughs> I added a couple great. of things there. <laughs> I appreciate it. That's quite the introduction. I love it. The master, the king, the king of Outbound View. Blake, you're doing some amazing things. If folks are not familiar with Outbound View and you know how you got into starting this company, fill us in on your background. Yeah, absolutely. So I've spent about 15 years always in a, a sales or, or marketing domain to some extent. So uh, mostly enterprise sales and then uh, started an inside sales consulting company. And now at Outbound View, we focus in on both outbound marketing as well as inbound marketing. Yeah, I mean, you've got a suite of products here that could help in on so many levels. It's a wider range of the funnel. You know, you can handle the marketing, lead generation, and then actually contacting people, appointment setting. You got, you got a lot of different ways to help clients. Yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting. Like we, we uh, I wish we were as specialized as, <laughs> as could be, but what we've found is that they all, all fit together. Right. And, and it's so important when you're thinking top of funnel that, you know, not everything is coming from inside sales or not everything's coming from inbound or paid. Like it helps to have the kind of whole suite together. And that's really where we focus in on is, is everything top of funnel. Yeah. It's amazing how siloed, you know, companies are internally still, uh, as far as, you know, marketing is doing one thing and sales development's doing something completely different, who's doing something different than sales. And it's just the alignment issue is still there after all these years. So yeah, I completely agree. You got to kind of look at it from a higher level view and, and set it up according to, you know, for, for your business, you know, what the clients need. You know, I'm, I, I want to talk to you. I read a couple of articles that you put out about experimentation. This is really, really interesting because, you know, it seems that there's a lack of creativity, um, especially as, as sales development gets more automated and you could just press a button and send a million emails every day and probably get blocked. <laughs> you know, people are just kind of, it seems like going through the motions. There's not a lot of creativity out there. And, you know, the, the question becomes, how do you create a culture of experimentation, you know, within your sales development program. Yeah. I mean, it's such an interesting topic because I mean, everybody talks about experimentation, right? I mean, you're not, you're not going to run across too many inside sales managers or VPs of marketing or heads of sales that would say like, no experimentation is bad. But what we find is that, uh, especially in inside sales, when we're thinking about experimentation, it's related to just purely like A-B testing, right? And that's kind of what everybody thinks is A-B testing. So you A-B test your subject lines. You can A-B test your copy. 
You can A-B test buyer personas. I mean, you can A-B test all of these different things. And yes, of course, yes, you should be A-B testing. But I do think that's different than hiring experimenters, like hiring people who are, are naturally curious, and then really enforcing and creating an environment that allows for experimentation. So I, I think there are different topics. I think even if you're just doing A-B testing on subject lines and email copy, like good for you, that's great. But I do think it can be taken to a next level. And just, I mean, I've worked with a lot of inside sales teams and the best inside sales teams typically are really curious. You know, they're always experimenting, like they're learning really quickly from what they do. And part of that's because of the culture and part of that's because of the, the people on the team. Okay, that's interesting. So let's let's actually reverse it than what we were talking about before. So let's start at the culture level. Like, you know, I think, every, like you said, there's total buy-in that we need more creativity and we've got to come up with different ideas because it seems like, you know, again, people are saying the same thing. They're trying to, you know, it's almost like an arms race for time of mm -hmm. people trying to set appointments, especially on outbound. So how do you, as a manager, how do you set up your team to really foster a culture of experimentation and creativity? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, with all of my clients, we recommend just a, a couple easy to implement things from a manager's perspective that can really get the team thinking about experimentation on an ongoing basis. And so I can, I'll walk through them here. You know, the first is integrating experimentation into your weekly processes. So one of the things that I like to do, I just call it an experiment board. And for those of you who are familiar with like Lean Startup or Agile, this will be a little bit more familiar, but it's it's a place where you track ongoing experiments on an ongoing basis. And this is purely for the inside sales team. And so it's nothing fancy. It's like usually an Excel sheet. And each of the inside salespeople are calling out like what experiments they're running, meaning are they like the types of buyer personas? Are we experimenting on messaging? Are, are we experimenting on where we're sending people? And they're also starting to call things out like, what are they expecting from the experiment? So you set up an experiment board on a weekly basis. You have an hour call. The first half is looking back at experiments you're running and what are the actual results? And do we kill like the experiment or do we scale it, right? Those are kind of two different places that you can go. And then the second piece of, of the meeting, the second 30 minutes is, what are the upcoming experiments that we want to be testing? And then, you know, what are the things that we need to test them? Like, what are the assets? What are the landing pages? And you just be shocked by how good the conversations are around why the team is experimenting, what we're experimenting on. And then it's one time and one place for everyone to say, this is working, this isn't, so that you can replicate what's working and kill what isn't. Got it. Okay. So th this meeting, like what, what would you call the meeting? Is it like the experimentation meeting or, or um, I mean, yeah. And then how do you, how do you get people to show up, be engaged and like keep track of what they're, what they're experimenting on? Because I, I could see yep. like you, you, you have the meeting, people reluctantly show up, they're sitting there looking at their phones or kind of disengaged. And it's like, ah, you know, we're not getting, we're not getting anything done here. 
so from my experience, it's usually the opposite, right? I mean, it's usually one of the, it's usually the best meeting of the week. And, and from a manager's perspective, like it's a forced meeting, <laughs> like you, everyone has to go, but it is one of the more important meetings. It's important to set context up front and really stick to it because you really get to hear why people are doing things and why they're experimenting and what's working. And if your inside sales team is set up in the right way, meaning with incentives and those types of things, usually everyone wants to hear what's working so that they can do it so they can increase their numbers, they can hit their bonuses, they can get more commission. So it it isn't like, you know, boring pipeline review meetings that everyone's a part of or update Salesforce type meetings. It's usually one of the more engaging meetings that you have all week. And the conversations that you get out of the meetings and the learning is, I mean, it's, it's really good. Excellent. Okay. And you've got some examples here. You've got subject lines, you know, subject lines is a huge one, right? So yep. is this, for example, somebody comes in and they, they, they've got an idea. Let's say that you haven't started. This. this is like your first meeting. Okay. And, and you can bring everybody in. Okay. We're going to run an AB test on subject lines. And then what, what, how do they, how do they, do they, everybody throws in an idea or they throw in something that's worked and then you establish the beginning of the experiment? Yep. Yep. Pretty much. So we're setting up what the experiment is going to be. Right. And we're also calling up front, like what success looks like, you know, is it a certain percentage on responses? Is it a certain number of meetings set? And that piece is as important, right? So we're laying out not only, hey, we're going to experiment on this, but on top of that, we're saying this is what good is before we actually move forward with the experiment. And it's really important step in the process that a lot of people miss. So as marketers or as inside salespeople, you know, when you're like running and executing campaigns, you can always kind of justify in your head that it's like semi-working, right? I mean, you always hear these crazy responses like, yeah, but our open rate is this, or like we're getting a, a great response rate, but we're not setting meetings. Like, So defining what it is up front and, and kind of justifying that to the rest of the group as what success looks like is a really good part of the process. But yep, you're, you're right. That would be a good example on subject lines. Another one that we regularly see this on is around what the ask is. So for example, you know, one of our recommendations usually is when you're going higher, like going to VP or SVP, many times you're asking them, who on your team actually runs this? Or who would you recommend I speak with? Like the actual ask in the email is a really good thing to A-B test. So there's, but it can be on buyer personas. It can be landing pages where we're sending people short versus long copy. I mean, there's just so many things that you can experiment on. It's really about just getting it in in one place and having a discussion as a group as to what's working and and what isn't. Got it. And and so the manager, is is the manager running the metrics report and bringing it in or, or do you distribute out the work to whoever came up with the experiment or is it kind of both? It's, it's usually their responsibility to like update the board before the meeting. So the inside salesperson's responsibility. Okay. So whether you're getting that out of sales loft or outreach or Salesforce or wherever you're tracking those metrics, yeah, they're typically responsible for, for updating that information before the meeting. Got it. And then they come back in and they say, okay, so last uh, week or for the last two weeks, we've been using 
this subject line versus this subject line. We got a we sent out you know X number and and this was the difference. So we're gonna we're gonna iterate to the one that performed better and then we're gonna uh, put it up against another one. And it's just kind of yep. an ongoing thing. Okay. It, it is, but there's also like, you know, wasted time is like the biggest killer of inside sales, right? And so yeah. what you'll find when you do this on a consistent basis is certain campaigns just start to work really well. And so many times other inside salespeople are kind of stopping what they're doing and starting to scale what has worked for other inside salespeople almost immediately, Right. So a big outcome from this is adjustment from the rest of the team based on good results that you're seeing in one territory or in one niche around around messaging or landing pages or whatever the test is on. And so once you know, if you just really break it down to scale good ideas, kill bad ideas as fast as possible, that's really kind of the the premise and why this meeting works so well. Are you in sales, but you're not using a sales engagement tool? then you're probably losing out on revenue because you are not engaging with prospects at the right time, with the right cadence, and with enough persistency. You need VanillaSoft. Start your free trial today. Go to VanillaSoft.com. Got it. Okay. And then is there a certain amount of time that you should give an experiment to work? You know, I guess it, it, it just depends on what you're trying to experiment with, but is there a set rule, like you give it a week, you give it two weeks, that type of thing? I mean, it depends on your volumes, right? I mean, if you're, you know, doing something like purely custom messaging and sending people to a different landing page, like you can only do so many of those or voicemails or calls that's different than larger kind of templated emails that the team may be doing. So it really depends. I mean, I like to get in the couple hundred activities number but I don't have a hard set rule of you do it for a week and then you stop. I mean, certain tests need more time than others. Got it. And then one of the things you mentioned in the article is the experiment boards. So it's it's an easy way to keep track of the team's experiments. You don't need anything fancy. Excel, Google Sheets, or Asana or Trello, which I think are both free for like the basic versions, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep, exactly. And you just kind of use that to keep track. Okay. And then, uh, so I want to ask you one more thing about this. So agile and lean startup principles, if, if, cause a lot of this, this type of running experimentation is taken from agile and lean startup. Agile is from the software industry, right? Yep. Yep. I mean, it's, it's most, you know, common around uh, software development or product development You'll see a lot of, like it's starting to move more into, you'll see a lot of articles on agile for marketing or agile for sales or those types of things. I mean, lean startup is probably one that I follow a little bit closer and it's easy, right? It's, it's the premise is like build, measure, learn. So rather than building this big, massive campaign that takes eight weeks to get out and then you put it out there and see like what the response is, you know. What can you test quickly? What can you measure from? And then how do you learn from that? And then you do lots of small build, measure, learn loops. And that's basically what inside sales is, right? I mean, it's it's getting something out there that you think is going to work for whatever reason, testing the results, and then iterating on them and scaling what's working and killing what isn't. Got it. Okay. Yeah, you see yeah. this a lot in 
software as a service. You know, you launch something and they're continually, it's almost like a continuous lean startup because they just continually change the the service until it starts to really help the customers. And this is kind of the same attitude that you're bringing to run the, the team. Yep. Yep. I got kind of involved with, uh, with lean startup with a client of mine who is doing innovation consulting and they're, you know, they're uh, working with organizations and product teams who are trying to iterate really quickly or innovation groups who are trying to iterate really quickly. And the more that I got to know their business, I was like, this is what we do every day in inside sales, right? I mean, your, your good inside sales people are taking the results, like the measurements, they're changing something and they're moving quickly. And the faster that you can get feedback from your buyers is, is a lot more relevant than your team internally talking about what may work. It's just, you get it out there, you measure it, and then you iterate and you do something different. And you got to run this experimentation meeting. And so this is good. So the homework for everybody is pick up a book about agile and pick up a lean, <laughs> that lean startup. And I think this, that's going to be the differentiator for running a a really high performance team and getting results. I, I think if folks are not familiar with those frameworks, then they're going to get left behind. Because like I said, with the proliferation of the tools, I mean, it's very easy for any SDR to sit there and send out like 500 emails. But if you're not consistently applying this, you're just spamming. And and yeah. and, and Google, I know for a fact, Google is getting better every day about tagging spam and not showing you things and blocking people and all that stuff. And nobody has a phone on their desk anymore. So, you know, it's all cell phones and it's, it's just getting harder out there to reach people. So you got to be yep. good. Yeah. So yep. let me ask you this. So there's another article you sent me behaviors of the agile inside salesperson. So now let's take it down a notch to the the people that you're looking for, like say you're in, you're a manager, and you want to build this culture of, you know, experimentation on your team. What are some of the aspects that you should look for in people that you're bringing in for to interview, or you know, as you evaluate people on your team? It was funny as I was putting some of this together. I just started to think through like of all the successful sales and successful inside sales people, and really sales people broadly that I've worked with. Like you have your core competencies like drive and competitive competitiveness, coachability, like some of those that are typically in your your normal sales assessments. But there are other behaviors that you see on a regular basis that your best inside salespeople just tend to do. And the first one is like a, a focus on learning and iterating, right? So your best inside salespeople are typically like the ones that are listening to podcasts like this, listening to other thought leaders, like researching what the competitors are doing, like really trying to get better and really wanting to learn whether it's about inside sales or just other things that they're personally interested in. Like a focus on learning is something to really get into details on during the interview process. And as you look across, like if you're an inside sales manager, look across your team, like the the ones that really love learning and can actually apply what they're doing are the ones that are typically kind of succeeding and doing well. So that's that's the first one. Got it. So lifelong learning, a focus on learning, a focus yep. on iterating also. What do you mean by that, iterating? Like 
you know, it's one thing just to learn, but actually to be able to take it, measure it and do something tangible with it. I always kind of, I relate this back to like, you've managed inside salespeople, right? There's always a moment when you hire an inside salesperson, like a month or two in, when you realize like, okay, they're like, they're going to be fine. Like they're going to make it or they're going to figure it out. And it's usually around them taking something that they've learned or even coming up with like a big campaign and like, you know, using all these pieces of information to make a really smart decision. Right. And so that iterating is kind of taking the information that's coming in and making that next smart decision, which is really tough to detail. Like if you like with new inside salespeople, if you're looking at LinkedIn and looking at hundreds of titles, you're like, I'm selecting this person because of this and that and this reason, like you're making a ton of decisions without really knowing that you're making them and describing to people that don't know your business. Like there's all those little decisions and, you know, iterating on all of the things that you're hearing and, and that are coming in is like probably the most critical thing to inside sales success. Right. You're not just like going through the motions and not, you know, you're learning stuff, but you're actually taking it you know, being thoughtful about it and then changing your approach up a little bit on a daily basis to get a little bit better. And, you know, it's funny because, you know, as you're talking, like a lot of newer people to the work industry, it's like, you know, the school, the schools don't teach this necessarily. It's very regimented. And like, if you, you know, you have to study hard and you have to show up and all that stuff. But it's it's like those life skills are missing. Yep. And, and you, you get out into the workforce and you're just like, yeah, okay, my job is to call like 100 people a day and talk <laughs> to them about this product that I don't really give a shit about, you know? And you're just like, all right, I'm going to jump on Facebook for a while and then go play foosball. You know? and it's just like, you just get deer in the headlights. So this is great. So this is good. So focus on learning, write it down. What did you learn? And then iterate on it. And then you also say you're looking for a bias toward action, which I thought was really interesting. What do you mean by that? Yeah. So I always tell like inside salespeople that I'm working with, like whatever you do, like don't wait for me to like uh, respond to give you direction to actually do something and take action, right? Like yeah. once again, time time being wasted kills inside salespeople. A lot of times, it's because they're waiting for their manager or they're waiting for you know someone to give them some piece of information. And so, from a manager, if you can kind of be upfront that like we're going to make some mistakes here. But you have to take actions, and I'll forgive you, and they're not always the the best action, but sitting there and doing nothing is like worst-case scenario. And That's for sure. You see this in inside sales, especially if you've trained inside sales during onboarding. There's always this period where you're like, okay, go off on your own and like do stuff, right? Research things, learn about the company, try and try and figure things out. And the ones that are like out doing things and saying like, well, I saw this, so I started researching this and started going down all these different avenues or because they just, they took action. And so it's something that that I I think is just critical for inside sales folks. Totally. I mean, and the thing is, if you just like, do you don't know what you're doing and and you just start like banging and banging heads and doing Mm -hmm. stuff. I mean, eventually, if you have that learning and iterating, you know, uh, type of attitude, you're going to figure out what's working and what's not. But if you don't have a bias toward action, you're just sitting there 
and you're not right. right? And, and you want a whole team of people who you have to hold back versus push, you know? Yeah. So I, I love that one. And, and then you go in, you, curiosity is important to you in this process. So cur- like, what do you mean by curiosity? Yep. They, all of these things start to kind of fit together. So I don't want to, if I'm repeating myself, you know, please stop me. But like, um, it's the same thing, right? You're, you're more curious. People are typically solving problems. They're typically more buyer focused. Like when you get on calls, more curious people are asking better questions, but they are going down paths like curious people, similar to bias towards action, they're typically just looking and looking and finding avenues and all of a sudden like they find something that's a gem, whether it's like, hey, I found this list of people we should absolutely be calling on or I'm seeing that our competitors are like messaging or doing things in this way, like we should be doing something different. Like, you know, the, the curious people just tend to be more kind of successful in inside sales because so much of it's ambiguous, right? I mean, it's like you find two to three leads a week is your job. Now figure out how to do it. And curious people tend to find out a way to do it. Yep, they get it done. And and you also mentioned here growth mindset. I mean, that kind of goes into if you're curious about what's going on and and you want to continue to grow your skills and get better and maybe eventually get promoted, you got that growth mindset, right? Yep. Yeah, it it ties really closely in with the learning piece, right? I mean, it's like, you know that you have some level of innate abilities, but on top of that, like, what are you continually striving for? Like, how are you continuing to get better? And this one, you know, we talk about growth mindset versus like a fixed mindset, you know, fixed mindset individuals and inside sales can be like real toxic for a team. And so growth mindset, like if once again, if you're curious and you're learning and you're doing all these things, those people tend to have a a growth mindset and always think that they can get better. And they're the people that usually are are in the role for a while and you know are quickly promoted or or move out because they're they're constantly getting better. Well, let me ask you this then, you know, for people that are not familiar with that terminology, the fixed mindset, right? It's toxic to the team and and we've all been around people who are toxic and it's very demoralizing, <laughs> especially in such a hard job as, as sales development. So tell me what, how do you identify somebody who's got a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset? Yep. So like growth is like the person believes they can get smarter and they understand that there has to be effort behind it to make that happen. You know, fixed mindset would be more, I'm kind of born with these type of behaviors I have, you know, and it is what it is. Like there's no, there's no reason to put more effort into it because I have this innate behavior. I'm good at this and I can't improve. Right. So it's kind of like a, there's no room for improvement versus if I put effort in, I absolutely will improve. Got it. Okay. So it's, it's more expansive than just like a very narrow, you know, this is the way I am. This is the way it goes. Like, I mean, you could see how a fixed mindset wouldn't really like to be in the experimentation meeting. They're just like, <laughs> I know everything already. I'm fine. Like this is a waste of time, you know, which yep. is the opposite of what you want. So oh, yeah. let me ask you this. So say a manager's listening right now or, or a rep and they're either like, okay, I look at my team and we don't have a lot of these characteristics right now, or I'm a rep. I don't, I, I don't have a lot of these characteristics. 
what what should we do to start to kind of move the team toward more of an agile philosophy? Yep. So one of the things that managers can do immediately when we think about culture is bringing a portion of your weekly one-to-ones, hopefully you're doing one-on-ones with everyone from your team, talking about learning specifically and talking about kind of where they're experimenting, like just adding in a couple questions. We go uh, based on like a, a methodology of with inside salespeople, you pick a couple things that you want to improve on for the quarter. And uh, every uh, one-on-one, they come back with, here's how I improved on these two things. So the two things could be, I want to be better at cold calling. And I listened to this webinar, or I listened to, uh, to your podcast, or I did all these things to improve on specific skills. So integrating that into the weekly one-on-one, as well as running like the experiment board meetings, I mean, it, it just helps quite a bit to really think through and be very specific about what are you actually learning? What are you experimenting on? That's it's awesome. So, okay, so homework for everybody is number one: go learn everything you can about the agile process because uh, and and lean startup because you know the, I think the, I I'm totally on the same page with you, Blake. I think that this is going to be a differentiator in your skills for just moving forward. I mean, just you know we're 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 in a a very uncertain you know time where. It's a, it's a time of constant change and you've got to be creative and you've got to have some kind of system to harness the creativity on your team. So check out those philosophies. And then with the, with the folks listening, you know, even as a rep, like if you're not having this experimentation meeting and you're not talking about experimentation and, and creativity in your one-on-ones, bring it in, start talking about it because I think it'll really help folks results. So yep. Blake, Thank you so much. We're going to link to these articles. These are super interesting and get people to get over to your website at Outbound View. How can we stay in touch with you as far as LinkedIn and and different areas there? Yep. You can find me on LinkedIn or you can always uh, email blake.johnston at outboundview.com. Excellent. Well, thank you for imparting your wisdom with us and uh, being on the Sales Development Podcast, Blake. Really appreciate it and have a great rest of your day. Yep, you too. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to the Sales Development Podcast, the only audio forum 100% focused and dedicated to sales development with your host, David Delaney. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no-obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10bound.com.